Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, September 10th. It's 2019 and we have 14 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my bearded brother from another mother, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm fantastic. It's the most wonderful time of year. Football and baseball going on at the same time. I don't have to work any given day during the week, but I also get to work if I want to every single day of the week. So can I have money and play? Life is wonderful. I'm happy as a clam. And you um, can have Postmates. like. <laughs> yep, Postmates and Krispy Kreme donuts earlier. You don't even have to like leave your house. You, you know, you can play Nintendo. You can build lineups, and you know, oh, gosh, greatest thing on Amazon Prime Day is I got one of those PlayStation um, emulator things for <laughs> twenty bucks, and I can now play Twisted Metal. It's so different now, right? Like going back and playing it, like it's so different to me. Like the controls are so basic. Um, I, I I also bought one of those. Um, it's just like the controls are so basic. I like the snowboarding game. I can't think of the name of it. Um, but yeah, like the, the controls are just so much more basic and just don't, it just doesn't feel like that. Yeah. It's so weird only having one joystick. Right. That you really use <laughs> like, oh gosh, still though. It's, it's, I mean, it's I still fun. think there's a better game in history than Mario Kart on 64. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, let's jump into this slate. A lot to talk about here with 14 games. Uh, A lot of stuff going on when it comes to that. So um, I just find it funny. Uh, We do a family season long, um, and my dad is beating me after I told him to um, draft Josh Jacobs, um, and that's the reason he's beating me. So um, darn darn it. Um, All right, let's get started. Dodgers, Baltimore. Walker Bueller, Ty Blatch, 10 total. Bueller is a massive favorite here at minus 320. Um, what's your thoughts here on Walker Bueller? I mean, he's going up against Baltimore. They may have a lower strikeout lineup right now, but it's still Walker Bueller. He still strikes out both sides of the plate at a pretty extreme rate. There's not a whole lot of guys to worry about in this lineup here. He's probably the top raw points option on the slate. And I think you can get to him pretty easily considering there's at least one fairly cheap guy that also may be chalk. But, like, I, I'm just worried about the cheap guy that if he is chalk, then it kind of makes it a little tough to play him. But I, I think Bueller is still a guy that I'm going to go way overweight on. If I'm paying up for my SP1, then he's the guy I'm going with. Yeah, like, I think we can, you know, potentially make an argument for Zach Gollin, who's next, um, like, price-wise. But when we're looking at the slate as a whole, I think Walker Bueller is your guy as well. Um, this team, on paper, they're not going to look like they strike out as much. Uh, but there are some strikeouts in this lineup. You know, some of these guys don't have a ton of at-bats. So, you know, on paper, it, it doesn't look as good of a matchup. But Bueller, 29.5% K rate on the season. You know, 12.2% swinging strike rate. He's been elite. My only issue is the issue that I always have with like a Walker Bueller and any of the Dodgers pitchers. Is he going to get enough pitches in this game to make it worth it? Um, and that's, like I said, that's all my concerns every time any Dodgers pitcher, you know, takes the hill. Cause I have a hard time seeing him go over a hundred pitches in the start. And like, that's my only concern at 12.3, but <laughs> 95 pitches, he can still get 10 strikeouts against Baltimore. So got to have some interest. Yeah. Um, any interest here in Ty Blotch? Against the Dodgers? No. No. I mean, yeah, I don't have a huge sample size of them this season, but it has not been good. Granted, I like lefties a little bit more versus the Dodgers, but they're they're healthy enough and have enough good righties in there that Blotch is probably going to get destroyed. I'm not using them. Yeah, they have enough righties where they can kind of do damage here. They, you know, Jed Jerko's there as well. Um, you know, Turner freezes back, Pollock's back. There, there's just too many righties here for me. And the Dodgers, obviously one of the top stacks on the entire slate. Uh, when we're looking at implied totals, I'm pretty sure they have the highest implied total on the slate outside of the cores game. So, 
Um, let's load up on some Dodgers righties in this game. Yeah, I mean, the problem is the pinch hit risk. I mean, Freeze, you can't really use him at 5.4K. That's just pretty much a no-go here. Pollock's very much in play, though. Turner's very much in play. Belly, even going lefty-lefty, is very much in play. Blosh has been bad versus both sides of the play this season. Don't have a big enough sample size versus lefties, but he's not going to be a good pitcher. I don't know how late he's going to go to the game. Baltimore's bullpen isn't good. I'm going to be a little bit more excited if we see a few more lefties in this lineup here because I know that they're probably not going to get pinch hit for, but it's unlikely. But you know at least, like, you can get those bats that aren't going to get pinch hit for. Will Smith, Bellinger, Pollock, Turner, you know that those guys are going to be in there. And then hopefully Seager's in the lineup. Even in a lefty-lefty matchup, I'll still take him. Yeah, like, Jerko would have a little bit more interest for me if, if Turner's not in the lineup. Turner's still kind of banged up, and if Jerko's in there, that, that means that Turner's probably not going to pinch hit with the ankle injury. Um, if Turner's out of the lineup and Jerko's in there, I think he's an okay value play here. But, yeah, I, I like Pollock and I like Kiki, I think, the most um, out of all these guys. But, yeah, I'm with you on Freeze. No chance. Um, not paying 5400 for Freeze. But – I would pay 5600 for Bellinger here. He, he's good against both sides of the plate. So, um, Baltimore bats, anything here on Baltimore? Nothing. All right, we move on. Atlanta at Philadelphia. Max Freed against Jason Vargas. Um, nine and a half total. Um, any interest here in Freed? I mean, he's in a price range where I have a little bit of interest. And we know that he can get into um, – he can get into pretty high amount of fantasy points. I mean, look at his last two starts, 37 and 30. Like, granted, one was against uh, the White Sox. Like, he's one of the better pitchers on the slate, and I'm not particularly interested in a whole lot of guys between him and Bueller. So, just by process of elimination, if I'm not going with Bauer, then I'm probably going with with uh, Freed as my SP1 if I can't get up to Bueller. Yeah, I think he's in play. Um, you know, Harper came back Monday. Um, obviously, that's a lefty-lefty matchup, so – it's not ideal for Harper. I, I think there's some strikeouts here. Um, you know, Braves are a really solid team, but I, I think that, you know, Freed can do some damage here. I don't love lefties against Philly. You know, Singura, Realmuto, Hoskins, Kingery, all these guys have been good against lefties. So I would likely try to pay up, but I think Freed's in play. And then on the other side of this game, Vargas, um, I, I just – I don't like lefties at all against the Atlanta Braves, especially um, a guy like Vargas. Yep, agreed. Um, again, I don't play Phillies Vargas. I only play Matt's Vargas. <laughs> Big ballpark difference there for sure. Uh, what do we like here for the Atlanta Bats? I mean, all the righties. Vargas has been a little bit reverse splitsy this season, but I don't think it's a big enough sample size. He's still giving up a lot of hard contact, a lot of fly balls. Again, I don't stack versus Vargas too much, but Albies is in play. Acuna's in play. Donaldson in play. Duvall's in play. Like, there's enough good bats here, and the prices. On um, some of them are actually decent. I don't even mind throwing Freeman in there, even though it's a lefty-lefty matchup. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much everyone's in play. They have a 5.4 implied run total. Vargas isn't great in Philly, um, but yeah, yeah, any of the like any bat, probably one through seven, because Vargas doesn't really strike out a whole lot of guys. So throwing a guy like Flowers, throwing a guy like Riley is not the worst idea in the world. Yeah, and you're getting some good pricing, like you said, Riley. 4K, Devolves 4K, Swanson's 4K. Uh, so there, there's some cheaper options here, which is fantastic. So I like the cheaper guys. Um, is there anything on Philly that is standing out to you here? Hoskins. Um, you get a big ground ball pitcher going up against a big fly ball hitter, and the ground ball pitcher gives up a 41% hard contact rate to righties. Hoskins is the one guy that I would be considering. And, yeah, he's a pretty darn good play at 4.3K. Yep, Hoskins, Segura. Um, those would be the two guys that I'm looking at here. You know, Segura, I've been talking about it all year. He's really good against lefties, um, makes contact at a very high clip and just doesn't really strike out and has a ton of power. So, uh, like Gene Segura as well. Up next, we got um, Boston at Toronto. Um, Nathan Eovaldi against TJ Zuch. Um, any interest here in Eovaldi? I don't think so. Um, I just – it is going up against Toronto. Yes, they do have a very large amount of strikeouts in their lineup here. Um, but I don't know how late Eovaldi's going to go into the game. He might only get up to 80 pitches here. 
he can have a decent outing. Like, 7-3 is not a bad price tag. He's probably on the border just because there's not a whole lot of guys that I love on the slate. So, he's in play. He's by no means my favorite. I think there's two guys that's slightly cheaper than I prefer, and I just want a little bit more upside. Yeah, it's just it comes down to a pitch count thing for me. Um, he has gone 81 and 76 in his last two outings. There's a little upside here. Maybe a large field tournament play only. Um, and then Zook on the other side of this game, I just I'm not going to play a young kid that hasn't shown promising stuff uh, against the Red Sox um, team. Yeah, he does have a 72% hard hit rate so far in the majors. Fun fact for you. One start. <laughs> Still impressive to do even in one start. That is true. Um, what do we like here for the Boston bats? All of them. Every single I mean, one. Yeah, I mean, it's over in Toronto. Again, he's giving up hard contact. Maybe that won't continue. We only have a one-start sample size, so it's not really – Indicative. He had a big ground ball rate in that sample set, but all I know is it's a young pitcher going up against a very patient Red Sox team that has a lot of power and not really a ballpark upgrade, but it might be a better ballpark for home runs. Uh, yeah. And like, just go with all the power guys. It's a little tough to pay for most of these guys, but on a slate where there's just not a whole lot of great pitching, if you're not paying, paying up the Bueller, then the difference between any of the other pitchers is not going to be that drastic. Yeah, I um, just get scheduled tweet, you know, Devers home run here. Just, like, go ahead and just schedule that one. Uh, it's coming. Toronto Blue Jays side of things, like, I don't hate picking on Nathan Eovaldi. I think that, you know, this is a boom-bust spot for Toronto just in general. Like, th- there's potential to hit him. The bullpen's not great behind him. Um, a lot of these guys outside of Bichette are pretty cheap. So, I don't mind looking at maybe, like, a, a, a little three-man here. Yeah, don't hate it. It's a decent ballpark. Like you said, Evaldi can get beat up in any given start here. Giving up a lot of hard contact so far this season. Giving up a decent amount of fly balls to lefties. So guys like Tellez to guys like Biggio, who are both fairly cheap considering what they can do. You can throw them in the lineup. Throw in Bichette if you really want. Smoke if he's in the lineup is only 3.7K and does better versus varieties here. And even Vlad, like, there's a lot of good bats in this lineup. They're a bit too cheap and you can easily throw on Bichette because there's not too much. You're not going double. You're not going high-priced pitcher and then moderately high-priced pitcher on the slate in all likelihood. But you can probably do it if you want to with this stack if you don't throw on Bichette. Brewers and Marlins, eight-and-a-half total. We got Chase Anderson against Eliza Hernandez. Um, any interest here in Chase Anderson? Is he going to be the chalk? I have to assume he's the chalk. I would guess any pitcher – Facing this team is the chalk at 6K? I mean, the problem is in his last four games, he's averaging like two points per game. So I don't know if he's going to get as much ownership as he should. Like, it's going up against the Marlins. We know that the Marlins are going to have a decent amount of righties in their lineup. Chase Anderson is a bit reverse splits, which makes it a little tougher. But none of these guys are good bats. Like, I don't know. I hope – they somehow have more lefties in their lineup, although I don't see the way they can. But none of these bats are good. It's being played in Miami. And Chase Anderson actually strikes out righties at a higher clip. He just gives up a whole lot more hard contact. And he's just worse to righties. So I think, like, if Chase Anderson's not going to be chalk, I'm going to go super heavy on him. Even if he is, I think I'm still going to go fairly heavy on him. Yeah, like, the thing is here – Obviously, you talked about the hard hit rate, um, you know, being high. But he also generates a lot more ground balls against righties. He, like you said, the strikeouts go up. The hit distance goes down. The ISO goes down. Um, so, I, I do – I like this spot for Chase Anderson. So, I think that, you know, obviously you're just kind of um, looking at <laughs> – you're looking at ownership. Like, that. that's how you're playing Chase Anderson today. Um, Eliza Hernandez, not a, not a terrible pitcher, but facing a team that's pretty left-handed heavy. Um, any interest here in, in Hernandez? Very, very little. I mean, he's on the list just because of the slate. It's not great. There's not many guys under 7K that I want to use, but he's probably third on the list of guys I want to use. I mean, it's him and the San Diego guy, um, or Chase Anderson and the San Diego guy that are both above him, but 
I could see myself with one to two Hernandez shares. I mean, there is enough good lefties in this lineup where he's going to have some trouble, but still baseball, anything can happen. There's enough bad bats in there, and there's enough high strikeout bats in this lineup where there's upside. And what you're really worried about is his massive fly ball and hard contact rate, but it's over in Miami. So a lot of these are going to be not nearly as bad. And you look at his home versus away splits, and you can tell he's got about double the amount of fantasy points at home as he does on the road. So I I don't want to play him, but if the other two guys are going to be really shocky, then I may be forced to pivot over to him. Yeah, um, I think you said it well. Um, don't really have too much more to add. He's interesting for tournaments for sure. So, um, Bats in this game, what are we looking at here for the Brewers? Lefties. So, Grisham, Grandall, Yelich, Thames, throw all of them in there. I mean, Hernandez, like I said, has a 400 Woba, 352 ISO versus left-handed hitting. Like, massive fly ball rate, massive hard hit rate, and those guys plus Shaw if you really want to because he doesn't strike out lefties that big clip. Like, all these guys hit the ball hard at a 40% plus clip versus righties. So even in Miami, these guys can hit doubles, these guys can hit bombs, these guys can do anything, and there's enough lefties in this lineup where they can string together a good start, and then you got that bad Miami bullpen right afterwards. So lefties are all good plays, and most of them are pretty far underpriced outside of Yelich. I mean, Shaw, even though he's trash, is still only 2.3K going up against a trash pitcher. Yeah, like Shaw. I'm, I'm so I'm so over the Shaw experience, but he's still really both. cheap. Like, I like Spandenberg too. You know, he he's the guy that's kind of interesting at 3,500. And if Gresham bats lead off again, he's 3,100. So like, we're getting some potential value here um, from this from this side of things. So I don't mind looking at some of that potential value here. Um, as far as the Miami hitters go, like, if Anderson becomes chalk, I don't hate a Miami stack. To get the leverage off the chalk, they're really cheap. He is worse against righties, like you mentioned. Like, I don't hate the idea of doing that. I mean, Cooper's probably fine, but you're just not getting a huge amount of upside. I just you're looking I at guys it. like Birdie. Um, yeah, it's you. You close your eyes and you do it, Grant. That's what you do. Yeah, like if. If Anderson's at forty percent, which is like Very, in my mind, could happen. It, in my mind, it's a possibility. I mean, this is just me. Like I'm as high on Anderson as I could possibly be, and I'm assuming other people will be the same way. But I don't know. But gosh, they're just so bad. They are bad. Yeah, they're bad. Like, like you said, Cooper is the one bright spot, kind of. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Moving on, Arizona at New York, taking on the Mets, eight total. Zach Gollin against Zach Wheeler. Wheeler's actually a 138-130 favorite in this game. What's your thoughts here on Zach Gollin? I don't want to use him. I mean, he's been good since getting over to Arizona. Like, he's cut down on the walks pretty drastically outside his one start versus Colorado. Like, he obviously had that great game versus San Diego, but that's San Diego. They strike out at a big clip, and they're not really patient. This team, like the Mets, is not really a great hitting team, but I don't really want to pay 11.2K for Zach Gallon. Like, it's just there's enough decent bats in this lineup where I just don't think it's a great idea. So I, I'm probably going to full-on fade him out. I'm just going to try and get up to Bueller. I know that Gallon could is one guy that could potentially outscore Bueller by 10 points, but I, I don't I don't think I'm going to do it. I think there's a strong argument on this slate to not play anybody over 10K. Like, I think Bueller is the guy. I think Zach Gollin's probably the second best option on this slate, but that doesn't, like, get me excited by any means um, about playing him here. So, I think that, you know, for the most part, I, I think that I would play Bueller over him, but he's the next best option over 10K, in my opinion. I don't want to really play Lance Lynn, and I don't really want to play Zach Wheeler on the other side of this game. So, Bueller, I, I, I like the idea of paying down, too. We got a lot of bats on the slate, uh, a lot of good spots for bats. So, um, you know, the other side, 
any interest here in Wheeler? No. Now he's 10K. I think you have it right. Like, the highest I'm going to – if I'm not playing Wheeler, the highest I'm going to pay a pitcher is 9-1. And Wheeler may have a decent implied run total against him. Yes, he has a 22% K rate, which on this slate isn't terrible. We've seen 30-point upside from him before. Is that he can get you a hundred pitches, but I just have no interest in Wheeler at all. Yeah, I'm, that's that's just where I'm at. Like I think Arizona is good enough. Um, it's not Jacob Degrom. Like I, I played Jacob Degrom almost a hundred percent yesterday. I just I, it's not the same for me with Wheeler. Um, bats, Arizona, anything? I mean, Rojas. It's two point six K still. <laughs> lefty going up against Wheeler, who struggles versus lefties. Will they ever increase his price? Probably not. <laughs> I'm guessing next season, maybe. Yeah, right. Maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah, uh, Rojas is fine. That's kind of it. And then as far as the Mets go, you know, you can play Pete Alonso any day you want. Coming off the two home run game, you know, he's getting closer and closer to fifty. And you know, you know, I, I think the narrative's starting to get there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Pete Alonso. Outside of him, maybe Conforto is not a terrible play. His price tag of 4K is a little bit too low. Maybe Cano. Like, if you want to stack, it's not the worst idea in the world to go with the lefties here. I mean, Gallen has been a lot worse to lefties than the righties. So going with Alonso, McNeil, Conforto, Cano, and Nemo is a really cheap stack if you wanted to, like, do a double cheap double stack. It's not the worst idea in the world. Washington at Minnesota, 10.5 total. Anibal Sanchez against Jose Barrios. Barrios is a 160 favorite. Um, any interest here in Anibal Sanchez? 8.2K versus the Twins, no. Yeah, um, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Um, what about Barrios here? Like, Not like the best strikeout matchup. He is at home. Uh, any interest here in Barrios? I mean, you're paying almost 10K for him. Nationals are already a good hitting team. Now they get a DH to get added to it. Like, I don't want to pay 10K for a guy that has a 23% K rate. Yes, I know that he has been a bit better at home, but it's not enough to really justify playing him. I 10K, no. Just no. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Like, I would much rather play a guy that we're going to talk about you know, when we get into the later games and playing him and he's cheaper. So, um, as far as the Washington bats, that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and load up on bats. Like, you know, if I was going to play anybody here, it'd probably be Soto, but I don't love any bats in this game. I just, it's one of those games that I just don't love for the pitcher either. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Soto's 5.4 K. It's a little bit too expensive. Barrios has struggled a bit more versus lefties than he has versus righties, especially with guys that have a bit of power. He gives up a high fly ball rate, high hard hit rate, but like maybe Adams, like a 3.5K. I could see going with him, but like everyone else is priced where they should be or too much. Yeah. Um, the other side of this game, like really just going to have to see what this Minnesota team looks like. They're dealing with a ton of injuries right now. Nelson Cruz is de- dealing with a banged up wrist. Kepler has a shoulder injury. Sano um, had some back sniffness. I think he'll be back in the lineup. And then Jake Cave um, is dealing with a groin injury. So, like, we could potentially have a ton of value here, like, um, against Anibal Sanchez. Like, Lamont Wade and stuff, like, might be in the lineup here. Like, going to really just have to see what this lineup looks like when it comes out um, because you could really have some value bats in here that you really don't have to worry about pinch hit for because a lot of these guys are banged up. Yeah, I mean, and you'll still have a few good bats. I mean, Polanco will be in there. Rosario will be in there. Arias will be in there. Cron will be in there, although he hasn't been great this season. Sanchez is not really the greatest pitcher in the world. Like, there will be some decent bats to go along. So it's not like you're just stacking a whole bunch of trash bats. They have a 5.9 implied team total right now for a reason, even though it's the night before. Like, some of these – one to two of these guys will probably be in there. So you're probably getting Blanco Rosario and then two other good bats. So you'll be good regardless, and you can get some value on top of that. I love the twin stack. Might be my favorite on the day. Um, if not, it's pretty darn close. Yeah, I like the twin stack too. Um, 
you know, obviously, like, I, I'm excited because I think that, you know, when you're looking at it, I think we're going to get some value here um, because of the injuries. So we're going to get some of these top-end bats with the cheaper bats, and it's going to make for a really strong stack. So Tampa at Texas, Ryan Yarbrough against Lance Lynn, nine total. Yarbrough is a 128 favorite here. Um, you know, we like lefties against Texas. Can Is there any reason to take a shot here on, like, a Ryan Yarbrough? I don't think so. The fact that he's 9K just makes me want to say, I mean, I get that Texas, like, Texas can get destroyed at any given time. He did just have a thirty point, a few 30-point outings earlier on. I guess he's in play, but, like, I'd much rather have Freed or Bauer. Like, it's just that simple. But Texas is so bad. It is 90 degrees. They do have a 4.3 implied run total against him, but it's still a lefty versus Texas. So he's in play. I'm probably not going to use him. He'd be one of those guys, maybe if I'm building, like, uh, a two mid-tier type pitching lineup, like a, a Bauer-Yarbrough team. Like, I'm not playing Walker Bueller. I'm not going down to a cheap guy. That's kind of where I would end up. Like in that range, because I, I do think that build is worth looking at today because we do have another guy like Mitch Keller against San Francisco. I'll, I'll just and, and Max Fried. Like we have four really decent tournament plays in this range, so I think that that's a potential build today, roster construction wise. So I, I won't say that I'm not going to play any Yarbrough, but I will say like I'm with you. I think that when you're looking at this spot, you have to also respect that this game's in Texas. Like if this game's in Tampa, I have a lot more interest in Yarbrough. Um, Lance Lynn on the other side of this game, like Lance Lynn's been good this year. You know, credit where credit's due. But I'm not paying ten five for Lance Lynn. Um, you know, his second half of the season's not been nearly as good as his first half. Yeah, and there's going to be four, five lefties in the lineup. Like, I want to target Lance Lynn when he's not at home and he's facing a righty-heavy team. This is not that scenario. Just not worth 10-5, in my opinion. Yeah, and, like, you know, for the most part, like, his velocity and everything's still been pretty much fine. Um, everything on the underlining numbers have, have been fine for Lynn. He just hasn't been doing as well. The hit distance is the thing. Like, his hit distance is way up right now, and his fly ball rate is way up right now where the ground balls were happening at a much higher rate. So, you know, for me, he's starting to throw his sinker less. And I feel like that's kind of one of the reasons why, but who knows? Um, I, I'm just not playing him here. Tampa bats, anything kind of stand out here for you for Tampa? I mean, the lefties are fine. They're not great though. Yeah, like, like Meadows is 5'2", if he was cheaper, like, right? Like, if he was cheaper, I think he'd be a guy that we'd be talking about. Um, if Sogard is back in the lineup, deal, like, he's been dealing with a little bit of a foot injury. If he's back in the lineup, he's only 4K, and he should bat leadoff. Uh, choice, 3,600. Those would be the guys that I'd probably be looking at here. Yeah, I mean, it is in Texas, I guess, is the main thing. So, Choi, Kiermaier, Sogard. You can throw in Meadows if you really want. Like. And that's pretty much it. Um, and then as far as Texas goes, like they don't have a ton of bats in this lineup that are good against left-handed pitching, but I like Solak. He's 3,900. Semi-revenge, Grant. Like he came up in the Rays organization. Yeah. And now he's stuck in a not great organization. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and Solak's just the only one for me. Yeah, it's – you know, Andrus maybe at 3,900 too. But, again, I don't really like this team against lefties. That's why I had interest. Um, in Yarbrough, Kansas City at Chicago. We got a 10 total. Jacob Junis against Ivan Nova. Um, any interest here in Junis? I don't think so. I mean, he's just a mediocre strikeout guy. Yes, he's going up against a high strikeout rate team in the White Sox, but – like, I'm not paying 8.6K for him when I can just go up to Freed, Yarba, and uh, Bauer and Keller. Like, the price tag gets me off him. Yes, it's a potential high strikeout matchup, but I don't know. It's tough. Like, if I can't, absolutely can't get the extra $200, then I'm fine with rostering him, but I don't think he makes my cut. Yeah, he's put up 19 and 30, 33. Um, 
in two starts against this team this season, like 8,600. He's one of those other guys that if you're building that two-type mid-tier pitcher lineups, I think he's okay. But I think all the other guys that we're going to talk about are better. Like, so um, this game has a 10 total and it's a pick em, So there's going to be runs scored in this game for sure. Um, Ivan Nova on the other side of this game, I'm, I never play Ivan Nova. Low strikeout guy, really hardly any upside. I know he's 4,800. And he can throw over 70 t- pitches here, but I just – I never play Ivan Nova. Yeah, don't play Nova. Uh, what do we like here for the Kansas City Bats? Mondesi, Soler, Dozier, all are guys that hit the ball very hard and strike out at a decent clip. So, all of them are very much in play against the low strikeout pitchers. Their price tags are a little restrictive, but the – I mean, the Royals have a five implied run total, and the second half of their lineup is trash. Um, McBoom is 2K, which is anytime you get a 2K guy going up against a barely major league caliber pitcher, is not a very bad idea. Wit's wit, and he's fine, but like it's it's mostly the big power bats, and then McBoom, McBroom, <laughs> McBroom. Uh, I, 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 I wish his name was McBoom. <laughs> yeah, two fifty nine ISO. He had twenty six home runs in AAA um this season so it's not like he doesn't have power um i like the call on him um especially at 2k like crack the lineup and we can play him as an outfielder too um that obviously makes the build a little bit easier um in terms of lineup construction so give me a 2k guy all day long um hopefully bats like fifth or sixth that'd be fantastic uh what do we like here for the white Sox? i mean i don't hate a stack it's the same thing as always like, going up against a, just a decent strikeout pitcher that gives up a lot of hard contact. They can hit the ball out of the yard. So, Anderson, Abreu, Moncada, McCann, Eloy. If he's in the lineup, I'll continue to play him until I die. Polka. Um, all the guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark going up against just an average strikeout pitcher that gives up a ton of hard contact. Works for me. Um, yeah. Moncada, probably my favorite. But, yeah. Yeah. Oakland at Houston, 10 total. Um, Tanner Rourke against Wade Miley. Um, Miley's a 154 favorite here. Any interest here in Rourke? I've sworn off taking anyone against Houston the rest of the year. Yep, they hit like a a bajillion home runs on Monday. Um, Any interest in Miley here? Against a good righty team in the A's, paying 9.3K for him now. Yeah, it's just pricing on both these guys are ridiculous. Um, Miley, not a not a huge K guy. This team doesn't strike out very much against, you know, left-handed pitching. So, it's just a stay-away spot for me. Doesn't mean I'm going to go out here and load up on Oakland bats. Um, you know, the guy I like to play is Chapman. He's 4,200. Like, I think that price is super fair for him. Yeah, it's a fantastic price for him. He's a 48% fly ball. Hitter going up against an extreme ground ball guy that doesn't really strike out guys at a too high of a clip. Outside of him, I don't hate Canha. Um, 4.1K has enough power. Big fly ball hitter again. Simeon's a little bit too expensive. Probably not going to Olsen with the lefty-lefty matchup. Chris Davis is dead to me. But if you want a cheap guy, go ahead. Yeah, I love the the cheap bats are always fun. Um, what are we doing here with Houston? Play him. I mean – you prefer lefties. Brantley and Alvarez are obviously two great plays. Brantley's way too cheap at 4,100. Absolutely love him here, going up against a guy with extreme splits. But I don't hate playing the righties either. Um, they're all incredibly good. So Springer, Altuve, Breckman, all very much in play. People aren't going to play him as much because people don't like to play righties against Rourke, but it doesn't really matter. Like You can stack these guys up, but Alvarez – and Brantley are the two obvious plays with Brantley being very mispriced. Yeah, and I, I still don't hate Kyle Tucker on FanDuel. Um, he's not as cheap as he's been, but if he cracks the lineup, he's be, he would be somebody I'd be looking at as well. Yeah, also Toro. Yep, the cheaper guys. Um, Cardinals and Rockies, 13 total. Michael Walk against Chichi Gonzalez, 13 total. Tells us everything we need to know about these pitchers, right? Yep, don't use them. Cardinals have been a team that I don't think I've gotten right at all this season, the whole entire season. Uh, what are we doing here with the Cardinals in course? You're using them. I mean, a lot of them are 
a little bit too cheap. Fowler, Wong, like both under 5K. DeJong under 5K. Molina, probably your catcher play at 4.3K. It's in cores. Chi-Chi's terrible. Chi-Chi's just such trash. I mean, we have a 200 plate appearance sample size. The dude still has a higher K walk rate than a K rate. And he doesn't even walk that many guys. It's literally just he strikes out 11% of batters, 10% of lefties. So he's just trashed to both sides of the plate. Playing over in Coors, 7.5 implied run total against him. I don't care how often they get the Cardinals wrong. This is this could end up as a zero-run game, but it's Coors. <laughs> that's very, very, very unlikely. Uh, can Carpenter get it out of here? Let, let's see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like the I like the Cardinals side. You get some cheaper bats. Um, hopefully, like some of these guys crack the lineup, and we can play some of these cheaper bats in cores. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately, have to like the Cardinals here. And then, as far as the Rockies go, Walk has been terrible to both sides of the plate. He's generated a lot more ground balls to the right side of the plate, so I prefer the lefties here. Um, yeah, all these lefties very much in play. And some of them are cheap. Yeah, yeah. Hilliard's not too bad at 3,800. Tapio's real good at 3,900 here. Um, Blackman, I don't mind paying up 5.5K for him, but he's one of your top payups on the slate. Story and Arenado are still Story and Arenado, and Waka has been susceptible to righties all season long. Murphy and McMahon are the two guys that probably end up leaving out. Dami Nunez, if he's in the lineup, or if Walter's in the lineup, both of them are in play. Um, just everyone is play everyone except for Murphy and McMahon, which are still not bad plays. Just everyone else in the lineup's better price play. Yep. I, I can get behind all that. Um, don't really have anything to add. Like you said, Nunez, if he cracks the lineup, he's a cheaper catcher or, or Walters. They're both cheap. So I think either one of those guys very much in play here. Uh, Pirates and Giants, eight and a half total. We got Mitch Keller against Johnny Cueto. Um, Cueto's a slight favorite here. Um, any interest here in Mitch Keller? Yeah, he's another guy, 8.8K, like you mentioned earlier. When, like, He does have a 4.5 implied run total against him, but the guy has good strikeout stuff. The hard contact isn't really nearly as much of a worry being over here in San Francisco. This lineup isn't great. Still got enough decent amount of Ks in the lineup. He's got the upside. He's got the stuff. He's a young, promising guy that we know can put up a big outing. So, yeah. 8.8K, like he's right there with Bauer, Yarbrough, and Freed. Going back to the whole range, Grant, like, uh, again, like, if I think the roster construction's there. Um, I think Keller is right up there with those guys, like you mentioned. If you're building that two mid-tier lineup, um, all those guys are, are really strong plays here, so. Um, Cueto, 75 pitches in his last rehab start. Uh, don't really know what to expect um, from Cueto here. He's 8K. It's probably going to be a stay away spot for me. Yeah, just too many other guys in the 6K range and then the high 8K range. No reason to go with them. Yeah, just if he was 6K, maybe we could debate it a little bit. But 8K, yeah, probably not going to go there. Uh, any Pittsburgh bats that you want to play here against Cueto? Nah, he's still a decent pitcher. Like. I assume he'll still be a decent pitcher. It's in San Francisco. Like, no one's price is really that great outside of Bell's. So, maybe Bell, maybe Ozuna. Those are the only two guys I would think about in that strictly pricing plays. But there's enough value on the slate where I don't think you need to go there. Yeah, I would much rather play Hoskins, I think, than Josh Bell today. Same price. Um, I'll take the risk of a, of a Hoskins, I think, over Bell. But – there's no risk with Hoskins. He's getting a home run. <laughs> I think Bell is um, would be the guy as well um, if you're if you're playing anybody here. Cueto, you know, he generates a ton of ground balls and soft contact against righties. So, um, and then obviously the other side of this game, I like to play in the Giants when they're on the road, but I don't really tend to play any of these guys when they're at home. Yeah, same thing. I mean, like I said, Belt might be in play, but it's like a slate where there's enough value all over the place where there's no need. I mean, it's 3.6K. How many low threes, high twos, mid twos, low twos players have we mentioned? And there's O'Hearns, there's McBroom, there's Toro, there's Rojas. There's so many other guys that are better plays with cheaper. There's no reason to go here. 
Cleveland at LA taking on the Angels. Don't have a total in this one yet. It's going to be Zach Plesic against Jose Suarez. Um, any interest here in Plesic? I don't play Plesic under any circumstances. This is going to be no different. Yeah, even with Trout out of the lineup, I don't really have any interest in Plesic here. Um, and then Suarez on the other side of this game, he's not a terrible pitcher. He just doesn't really – he hasn't shown us hardly any strikeout ability whatsoever, um, especially against righties, and this team's going to go – very right-handed heavy. Uh, it's a it's a pass spot for me on Suarez. I don't hate it. If you can't get up to Chase Anderson, it's not the worst idea in the world. This is a good team going up against him. There is enough strikeouts in it versus lefties where it'll be probably be fine. Um, Suarez hasn't lived up to some of the hype, but like just slate dependent, pricing dependent, he's in play. I would much prefer Anderson, but if Anderson's going to be super chalky. The next guy I would really want to go up to is probably going to be Hernandez or the San Diego guy. So I like he's in play. That's all I'm going to say. He's in play. Not really suggesting him, but he's in play. Uh, what do we like here for the Cleveland Bats? Um, Fran Mill going up against a lefty at 4K. Luplo going up against a lefty at 4.2K. Puig, again, same thing, 4K. Mercado, and then I'm fine with Santana and Lindor. They're a little bit more pricey, but they're obviously good hitters. Like a full stack's in order here. I know I said that he, Suarez is in play, but he gives up so much hard contact to righties that he's going to be facing six power ones right off the bat. So they're all in play. Yeah, I really like Luplo and Reyes. Um, the only issue that I ever have with like stacking Cleveland, when you're going to use all three outfield spots, so – but I, I think this would be a spot if I was going to stack them, I, I wouldn't hate it because, of like you said, the hard contact. Suarez allows to righties 50% in 230 plate appearances. So everything that's coming off the bat, you know, pretty much is hard contact. So And something to say, like on this slate, you're worried about giving up all your outfield spots in a stack. Most of the cheap guys that we've mentioned are real cheap in the infield. So – like guys like McBroom, guys like Toro, third base and first base eligible. So you can get in a whole bunch of cheap bats. Like I can get a Cleveland stack, a full Cleveland stack with Bauer and Bueller in it and still make it work pretty easily. Fair enough. Um, Angels bats, you know, assuming that Trout potentially going to miss the game again. Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to stack it up, but. Upton, Otani, like I'm not a big fan of Plezak, Calhoun. All of them are in play. Goodwin, if he's in the laps, in play. Not really a fan of any of these guys, just outfielders that are decently priced that can get you a bomb going up against a big fly ball, big hard contact guy. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I'd, uh, Otani, probably my favorite play here. Like, I don't hate any of these guys, to be honest, just because Plezic doesn't really throw the ball past anybody. But maybe a late, maybe late slate plays. I don't know if they make the cut on a main slate for me today. Um, Cubs and the Padres. Um, Jose Quintana against Ronald Bolanos. Um, any interest here in Quintana? I don't like playing lefties against the Padres, but. He's in play, I guess, but he's too expensive. So, like, he'd be fifth on my board at pitchers – or seventh on my board at pitchers above 8,600. It really depends on what lineup, like, right? Like, if they leave Hunter Renfro out and they, they have Mick, Nick Martini in there or something, like, if they continue to play this left-handed lineup even against lefties, then, like, I have interest in Jose Quintana. But if, if Will Myers is in there, Pachado, Renfro, Margot, like, if they play the righties, probably won't play Quintana here. Um, Bolanos on the other side of this game, any interest here in him? I think a little bit. Um, like, the guy had some strikeout upside in the minors. I don't expect too many people to be on him. It's in Petco, so – like, a lot of his home run to fly ball variance is not really going to be there. He has the potential to strike out some guys. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if I have to pivot off of Chase Anderson, again, there's not really a whole lot to pivot off in this range. So, he's the other guy that's in play. And 
he may not be great, but he can strike out enough guys here, I think, and he potentially like could have a good enough outing playing down San Diego where he just didn't play. I mean, it's 71 degrees and only 6% humidity. So, and they're at sea level. It's a decent ballpark. I don't mind him. Yeah, and the other interesting thing, like Chris Bryant's banged up right now dealing with that knee injury. Like, if he's out of the lineup, it's, you know, another upgrade for Bolanos. He's cheap. We were worried about his pitch count. His first time out, he threw 88 pitches. So, I think that's enough at this price tag. So, I don't hate him. Um, there's some strikeouts in this lineup. Uh, any interest in the Cubs' bats? It's still a rookie pitcher. Stack's fine. I don't like the ballpark. It's probably like sixth on my list of stacks. Like, I don't mind going with Schwarber. Don't mind going with Rizzo. I like Rizzo's price tag, actually. But everyone else's price tag's just not really great outside of Nico if he makes the lineup at 2.1K. Um... As far as the Padres go, like, if they roll out those righties, like, I have some interest in some of them. Like, I don't hate Renfro. I don't hate Machado. Um, you know, if you want to add a third, maybe Myers or Margot. Yeah, no, uh, Myers, Machado, Renfro, you're getting all of them for under 4.1K or 4.1K or under. They all power. Quintana can give up power to righties. Got 38% hard hit rate to righties. Strikeout rate isn't nearly as high. Yes, Myers is striking out a massive clip, but – Machado and Renfro are just way too cheap here. Like, if you want to add another guy, France has a ton of power for his price tag of 3.1K. So there are some decent bats here. I wouldn't go full stack, but you have multiple one-off bombs here, and Renfro is probably one of my favorite. Uh, Cincinnati at Seattle. Trevor Bauer against Justice Sheffield. Uh, nine total. Um, any interest here in Bauer? Yeah, yeah, we already mentioned him multiple times throughout this pod. One of the guys in this range, and, like, he hasn't been going too late in the games recently, but he hasn't been pitching great. Guy still has great stuff going up against the Adelaide that's largely trash and not something we really have to worry about. He does struggle against lefties. That worries me, but this lineup just isn't good. And it just strikes out at such a massive clip. Outside of D. Gordon, everyone's up over 20%, and a lot of these guys probably will end up around 30% range power. Still strikes out lefties at a high enough clip where it gives him some upside here. Like, he has the potential. He's the guy most likely in this range to end up with 30 points. He may end up with a bad outing, but this Seattle in Seattle, like, it's it's a good spot for him. And it's not going to be that hot up there, so ball's not going to be flying nearly as much. It's definitely a ballpark upgrade from Cincinnati, too. So, um, I like Bauer. He's probably my favorite pitcher in this range. Like, he's probably going to be the most popular as well facing Seattle. But I'm okay with it. Um, I think that this is a good spot for him for sure. And then uh, Justice Sheffield on the other side of this game, I, I'm a little concerned about how deep they'll let him go. I know they're really, you know, paying attention to his innings. Um, but I, I think he still gets around 90 pitches. Is there any interest here in Sheffield? No, 7.6K. I get he did have a decent outing versus the Cubs, but – the dude's not that great, and you shouldn't think that he's great. And Cincinnati still has some decent pitchers. I have no interest in him. Yeah, if he was 5K again, um, yeah. I would certainly have interest in him. But the $2,600 price tag, the potential for, you know, pitch count limit, like, I don't think he's a bad pitcher. I think that he, he's still not ready for the majors. They're just letting him log some innings here towards the end of the season uh, to get some work uh, and some experience. But, you know, he's one of the top prospects in baseball, definitely one of the top prospects in this organization. So, um, yeah, it's – if he was 5K, we would have an argument. Um, any Cincy bats? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Suarez, Quino. Sunzel, all of them can hit a bomb out of there. Like, they're going up against a lefty that's, in reality, not very good. Sheffield's shown reverse or, you know, bit reverse splits so far. There's no reason to think that. He's a fastball slider changeup guy. So there's no reason that that should happen. So any of the power righties are very much in play here. 
Um, yeah, and like Suarez and Aquino, their price is uh, very, very appealing. Like I think this is the first time in a while we've seen Aquino's price under 5K. It's 4,600 here. The price is fantastic for Suarez, too, at 4,600. So, you know, you can play those two guys um, and throw in – one of these cheap guys like Irvin and make a three-man stack here. Um, so I don't hate that idea. I, I love the price tag on, on Suarez and Aquino. The, those price tags are phenomenal. Um, as far as Seattle goes, we know Trevor Bauer can get blown up. Um, <laughs> you know, it's certainly happened a lot recently. Is there any interest here in the Seattle bats? I think you can go with, like, their main four actual decent bats. Noel's been way better versus lefties so far this season, but – I got to assume that he's going to regress towards the mean on each side. Like there's no reason for him to have a 400 Wobo versus lefties and only a 300 Wobo versus righties. So he's still a decent bat at 3.6 K. Seager is an actual good bat at 3.9 K. Varez, Vogelbach, both under 4K. You can get yourself a nice cheap four-man stack here. Not using any outfielders. We already talked about a few good outfield stacks. So I – yeah, I like those four guys as a hedge stack if – or not even as a leverage play if Bauer is going to be super chalky, which I'm expecting him to be. I'm wearing a Vogelbach, Vogelbach shirt right now, so um have to like Vogelbach, right? Like, that, that's the rules. I'm wearing a Roto-Grinder shirt. I have to like that Boom. place, right? Boom. Yeah, you, you, you kind of have to. Um, All right, let's play the morning grind game hosted by Roto-Grinders, um, and then we'll get out of here. Give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. Chase Anderson. All right. I like how you always say under 8K, and I always go 6K or under. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, Give me Bolanos. Um, Over 8K to score under 15. Wheeler. Right, I'm gonna go with uh, Rorick. Uh, who who hits a home run over 4K today? Not in course. I'm gonna I'm trying to decide between Brantley and Hoskins. I guess I just have to go Hoskins. All right. I'm gonna take Devers. I already kind of said that. That just schedule that tweet. Um, under 4K to get two hits. Everyone I want is 4K or 4.1K. There's someone that I remember talking about that I can't quite remember. I'm scroll. I'm gonna go with Rowdy Tellis. I'm gonna go with my boy McBroom. So half of 4K. Yes, two hits, like double, double, double his price. Um, give me a stack to score six or more runs. There's a ton of them today. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go off the board with White Sox. All right. I like that one. I'm going to, I'm going to say the Atlanta Braves against Jason Philly Vargas. Never um, stack against Vargas. Well, never stack against New York Vargas. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, welcome to football and baseball season together. It's going to be free money Tuesday. All right. That's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday's podcast. Hope everyone enjoyed. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we will see you then. Hey, kids.